Hello and welcome to Divine Essence Podcast, where awakening women to discover their sacred nature and embark on an inspired life of happiness and purpose. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. I am Korianka, Inca High Priestess and Sacred Healer Guide. We get together the first Tuesday of the month. This is Season 1, The Divine Woman, Episode 6. On this episode, part of the Divine Woman interview series, we'll discover what the feminine energy of Divine Essence can do for you from feminine leadership mentor, Vigita Badegard. Vigita is a speaker, a writer, a mentor, and an advocate for a more holistic and loving paradigm in this world. Her mission is to be a bridge between both the spiritual and the business world for women. She has given numerous talks for women contributing to raise their consciousness about their lives, careers, and work-life balance, and helping them develop their feminine energy. She has recently finished her fourth book written for women, which has been published in Danish, inspired by her trip to Peru in 2016. Vigita lives in Denmark, has an MD in marketing and intercultural communication, is certified in NLP and coaching, and is currently taking a program in the Copenhagen Young Institute. Vigita is married and has three grown-up children. Learn more about Vigita at bodyguard.dk. Hello, Vigita. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. I want everyone to know that Vigita is the most wonderful person I have met. We know each other for a long, long time, a number of years now. Something that made me want to invite Vigita to this conversation is that what I see in her is this amazing, powerful woman who is on purpose raising the consciousness of women, especially in Europe, in Denmark, her homeland. There is a lot to learn from Vigita, and she has a lot to share with us. <laughs> she contacted me and said, Korianka, I want to go to Peru on the sacred journeys that you organize. Yeah. And she made her way to Peru. She came with us on a sacred transformational retreat. She felt that this was her next level, correct? Mm. Am I right? So, yeah, yeah. I think you never yeah. stop working with yourself. I mean, no matter how how far you think you go, you still have a layer to work on, right? So for me, it's like a lifelong journey, digging in and being more and more conscious Yes, and she is also a gifted writer, and she's a feminine uh, leadership mentor. So I'd like to start there by asking, Bigita, when did you know that being a feminine leadership mentor was the right path for you? The concept of feminine leadership mentor was actually something that you and I talked about when I went to Peru. So that was, you know, it's kind of the title that I figured was suitable for what I had done for like at that time, 12 years. I just never found the title. You know, I've got a master's degree in economics from a university. That didn't really work, kind of not as a title. I had been writing some books, but I didn't really feel like a writer. So that didn't work either. Um, then I could call myself a coach and that didn't really work for me either. So we were like, hmm, what's, what's right here? And then you and I figured out um, that what I did was actually to develop women, especially leaders, 
in the business world from being copies of men thinking that they should do what other men had done in generations before them to succeed and then actually having a real bad time doing what they did instead of trying to do it their way. And that's how we came up with the concept of being a feminine leadership mentor because we have to know how to lead ourselves. We have to know ourselves before we can lead others in an authentic way. Yes. So tell me more, Birgitta, about the consequences for these women of behaving like copies of men in your words. You said that Mm. they thought that would be the way to get success, to be really happy. And then what happened? You said that didn't work for them. What did you see? Denmark, it's a European country, it's a Scandinavian country, so we have a lot of values like equality and uh, and pe- all people should be equal and it's beautiful on, on the outside, but in on the inside, things are not working out that way, especially not according to women. So what I've found out is that a lot of women in Denmark and other places, now I've started researching, you see the same trend in America, you see the same trend in, in England, you probably see the same trend you know, a lot of places that women get to be homeless somehow. Uh, They have this beautiful life. They have a great education. They have this wonderful title. They have a great job. They probably earn quite a lot of money or do pretty well. And then somehow they lose themselves on the way and they start becoming miserable. They start thinking, what's the purpose? What's the meaning of all this? Why am I doing this? And a lot of fear rises in them. You know, their soul is kind of shouting. We are brought up to think of security and my salary and my image and being pretty. And they have to, you know, look like a million and they have to blah, 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 have a nice house. And they kind of lose themselves in this marathon. And um, it hurts me to to see that because women have so much to give on their own terms. The problem is that we are brought up to think that what we have to give is worthless. And it's not worthless. It's actually essential. Hmm. Yes, this is a very important topic, Bigita, that you just brought up. So a lot of women seem to be um, wrapped up in this kind of uh, life Hmm. uh, that has been defined by other people, created by, you know, other people. And the rules seem to be very much of the masculine rather than the feminine energy. And so they try to fit in and be that and do things in that certain way. And they're forgetting about their own selves, their own feminine energy within, right? Right. They don't even know it's there. They just feel something is missing, but they cannot figure out what it is. It's so far away. So we are beyond that, you know. We are way beyond forgetting it because you actually have to do a lot of hard work even to find out that it's there. Yes, that that is really painful, I'm sure, because when that happens, women don't even have the concept. They don't even know how to access that part of themselves. They don't even know it's there. Yeah. If you don't even have access to that, the fear of doing something else than what you're supposed to is even more of doing, making decisions that are uh, dangerous or unknown, because it is unknown territory. We think. Yeah. 
Yes. So um, when a woman is walking on this path, on the path that you have described of not knowing herself and um, trying to play by the rules, but at that game, they will never win. Mm. That to me sounds like this woman is not in her divine essence, right? No, not at all. Not at all. And a lot yeah. of us are not in our divine essence. I know I've been there. I mean, my my yeah. own story is, you know, I've done the whole journey. I'm still not finished, but at least I yes. know what's been hurting me, right? So I know exactly where where we come from and why it's happening. And it's a whole paradigm right now. There's a shift going on somehow. Yes. And the point is to be at work doing this growth, mm. to be aware, self-aware of what is happening, right? Like the way that you are, knowing what you need to be working on and being able to see the path to your divine essence, to your true, beautiful power within. Mm. So I'd like to ask then, Begita, since you know you have been there, you have been absolutely uh, in that place of not being in your essence, but now you are way far along the way and you keep on walking the path of the divine essence. What does it mean to you to live in your divine essence? What being in your divine essence is and feels like for you? If I can describe it in a simple way, I get out of bed and I do a prayer um, every morning, including the five Tibetans in front of my altar in my living room. And I'm not praying to God. I'm praying to the divine universe, to the feminine essence. So it's it's not the God that we are brought up to know. But in that essence, I, I thank um, the universe for always... Um, letting me know that I've got my path and always letting me know what should be my next step. Even though I don't understand with my head, I know that my heart will still keep going. And that's kind mm -hmm. of the feminine essence for me that this is not a mind question. It's a spiritual question. Sometimes I have debates with myself, right? I know my head saying, wait, you cannot do that. You keep you shifting or <laughs> changing or what are you doing now? And hey, you should do like the other. You should make a strategy. A lot of experts could help me do this and that. And it always ends up with me listening to my heart, writing a book or writing a chronicle to a newspaper. And it totally ruins my whole day because that was not what I was supposed to do according to my plan. But I do something else. Because my heart shouts, now is the time to do this. And you listen. And I listen. Right? I listen. I do it. Sometimes my head gets really pissed off, right? Like, mm -hmm. as yeah. it yells yeah. at me saying, why can't you do like other people? Why can't you just be really <laughs> goal-oriented and stick to your plan and do what other people do? Because they get so far and your way is just intuitive, spontaneous. But this is what I yes. do and how I do it. Yes. So let me um, just summarize this piece. This is a matter of listening, not only to your head, but actually to allowing yourself to be led by other parts of you, your soul and your heart. Mm. Uh, but of course, the ego mind is not quite happy with you um, not listening to it and actually listening to your soul. No, basically and my head thinks I'm an odd case. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what the ego likes to do. Yeah. Uh, but here is the thing. You continue. I do. 
exercising your power to decide with the divine light within that comes through your heart, that comes through these conversations you have with your soul. And that is so important. I am so happy that you said that because I can tell you that this is the experience one way or another we all tend to have. The ego mind sometimes wants us to do things in ways that are not truly in our highest good, things that we don't really feel that we want to do, but it likes to push. It's kind of pushy. Exactly. And uh-huh. I remember at some mm-hmm. point when I was in Peru with you and Peter, we talked about being independent. And in Scandinavia yes. and in Denmark, it's really, really important to be independent. We have to be independent. And women all over Western Europe, are, or the Western world, being brought up being independent, working for independence. And um, so I might have I been, and I still am. But the, the funny thing is that when I talked to you and Peter about it, I had to reframe the definition of being independent. Because if we think that we have to work on being able always to take care of ourselves, and that's our only goal, we kind of forget the world around us. We kind of forget the holistic way of thinking and the more feminine, more cyclic way of acting in our lives, right? Life is not linear It's circular. Sometimes you're in this phase of your life. Sometimes you're in another phase. And if you go with that, independence becomes a totally new definition. We'll take a moment now for a special announcement. If you like this interview, you might also like my other podcast episodes, including the ones of the Divine Woman interview series. And I highly recommend that you download free the golden notes and inspired action resource that I have created to go along with this interview series at alturasspiritualjourneys.com forward slash essence. It contains highlights and practical advice mentioned by our special guests. You will have access to the growing library of Divine Essence bonus, golden notes, and more. You can find the link to sign up for the free bonus in the episode description on your smart device and on the episode's file information as well. Now I'll continue with this great conversation with our future guest. I'd like to invite you to go a little deeper with this, this important value, independence. Yeah. Uh, born in Peru, also Canadian. I have uh, lived in Canada for 17 years of my life. And so I did learn the value of independence and I embraced it. So I know that there is something really wonderful about independence. There is a reason why, you know, it's so valued in North America. However, I think you're talking about the shadow of independence, that there is something about it So it can be a good thing if it's used and applied in a healthy, balanced way, but it also can be maybe abused and somehow independence can turn into something that can be detrimental. So I want you to speak about that, the shadow of independence. So tell me what that looks like when independence is not applied, you know, in a healthy, balanced way. Independence is, let's say, unhealthy way. It's kind of a fixation. Like we have to have pension. We have to have a job with a salary secured for like 20 years. It's somehow it's good, but if it, if it becomes rigid, we forget to live. We forget in that 
the hunting game, we forget our essence. We forget the inner listening and we just chase the other parts. And in, in that respect, our interconnection with other people, our whole humanity disappears. Mm -hmm. For me, independence is good, but interdependence is even more important because we are all interdependent. We are all one. If we could just get that, that we are all interconnected. In the independence talk, there's a lot of fear of being abandoned, a lot of fear of being left, a lot of fear of being um, kicked out, um, excluded. Mm -hmm. And that's basically, mm -hmm. you know, I understand why we feel like that because as women, we have spent like three, four, five thousand years in the fear of being excluded, being condemned, being burned. But we have to try to find our own essence and live from that instead of fear. Yeah. Now, uh, being able to lead with your own essence, with that beautiful truth in your mm. heart, um, that takes a lot of confidence, mm. you know. That takes confidence and this ability to express yourself, putting yourself out there, being visible as who you truly are rather than uh, being a follower, mm. right? Like just trying to please everyone around. You're right. Yeah. Were you always confident expressing yourself, putting yourself out there, uh, being visible? Because this is something that you do now and you do it beautifully. And I love that about you, that you are a role model in that sense to so many women. Um, but I want to know, you know, if you always were that way or how is that you evolved to become who you are? Oh, when I was little, I had girlfriends, but basically I was maybe 60 or 7% of my time. I spent it with, with boys because I basically thought they were more fun. They made more fun stuff. <laughs> so I played with both. Um, I wasn't very feminine. I was, you know, climbing trees at my father's big farm. And every year there, I was like a boy as well, running around among the cows and being dirty and climbing and not being very afraid of a lot of stuff. And I've been like that for many years. And I, I remember we had at school, we had in Denmark, you have these classes teaching you how to cook, how to make different ah, kinds of food, awesome. healthy food, right? <laughs> and boys and girls, they go mm -hmm. up, they team up and they make these dishes. And I remember at some point at school that we had to clean up the kitchen as well. And, and there were like three boys in our team sitting, looking, watching the three girls making the kitchen. One of the boys said, that's girls work. And I can't remember anything. But I just threw this um, thing I had, like probably been a kind of a pot or something. I threw it on the table and I turned around and I hit him. I simply hit him. I got so mad. And I was like, oh, shoot, now he's going to give me a real bad time. <laughs> but he started helping. And it, uh, yeah, mm. so and, and for a long time, I thought that this, you know, if I fight, it's going to work. If I fight, it's going to oh. work. So I lived with that for a long time. I haven't been like, then I, something changed in me because I got to be this quiet girl having a, you know, good grades. That was in my teenage years. When earlier I was really popular among the boys because I was able to throw far and I was able to, to run fast and I was able to be a really good playing, a good play pal. 
Um, but then when, when we became teenagers, that, that didn't work more. Suddenly yeah. the girls with the long hair and the flashy uh, eyelashes and the blah, 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 they were much more interesting. I couldn't keep up with that. I, I didn't know who I was there. So I kind of shut down and I had several years where I couldn't really find out what was my role, not as a human being, but as a woman or a girl. Um, and I didn't figure that out until in my mid twenties. So I just, you know, went through school, went through university, had good grades, had a great job. Everything worked out from the outside really great, but I didn't really know who I was. And I had boyfriends, but I wasn't really in that much in love with them. And the ones I really fell in love with, they were kind of not into me. So things were not really at that point really good because I hadn't figured myself out yet. And, um, mm. and then at 26, I met my husband. I'm still married to this guy. And he just took my breath away. Everything changed with him, including me having kids. And when I had my ah. kids, things started shifting. I mean, then things changed inside of me. And it's not, you know, this idyllic story of me being totally in love my, with my kid and everything was pink and glossy. No, because my kids were sick and they, they had a bad time. So we had to restructure our, our home and our work and everything. And that, that really hit me because my identity as a working person, as an ambitious career woman, was torn to pieces, totally torn to pieces. So I had to hmm. start redefining myself at that point. Um, and that was when I was in the beginning of my 30s. So, so that's about 20 years ago, right? Now my kids are grown up and we've come a long way since then and they are healthy and happy and everything is good. But I've been working on myself. I think when I talk to you, I've probably been working on myself all my life. Then I had a crisis. Then I had to dig in deeper, get out, out of my crisis. Whoa, get some realizations, get some ideas, write about it, dig into new, a new phase that hit me. And I've been like, now let's get this over. Let me just get into my essence and stay there and be happy. And now I've come to appreciate it because that is feminine essence. You go through phases, you live your life, you listen to your heart, you uh, do not think that life is linear just working itself automatically because that's not life that's in my opinion is more or less death yes so you're talking about the fact that divine essence is something that is not static and we don't remain there like in that space uh, all the time but it's something that is a fluid, something that we can improve on and be more in touch with, yeah. right? And we make mistakes. I did. I know I did. But I tried my best. I did my best. And it taught me so much so that I was ready for my next step, right? And for me, it's a lifelong journey. And I accept that. Yes. And that's what makes us be better people, become uh, better people more and more aligned with who we truly are, right? Because you're putting that, um, as that effort when it's needed, because this is your priority, um, because you are self-driven in that sense. And that's what I always have seen in you, that ability to know your why, know that um, personal growth for you 
is not something at, uh, on the bottom of the list. It's actually very important. It's up yeah. there. Um, and what you teach is what you sure. practice, what you're teaching through your books, yeah. right? And your talks and all the work that you yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I meet women, I keep seeing that when I talk about it, it makes sense. It actually enlightens. It actually something rings in them. There is kind of a resonance when I speak or when I say what, what I feel and think and experience. Then it gives me meaning and purpose that I think I have in life beyond being a mom and a wife and a world citizen trying to do what I can for the environment, right? But beyond that, um, that's really purpose-driven. Yeah. Yes. Ah, okay, Vigita. Uh, well, we have earlier talked about the ego mind and you overcoming uh, in some specific ways your ego talk. Tell me how you have overcome your ego mind and your old beliefs and patterns that were no longer serving you in this um, path of growth and being more in your divine essence? Hmm. First of all, meeting you. Uh, I mean, Peru really changed things. So I knew a lot of stuff I thought before I met you, before I went to Cusco. But uh, it kind of put a spotlight on it. So um, my husband says, you came home another person that had never changed. I mean, my values are much more straight now. I've always been a very idealistic person, but now I'm not, I'm beyond idealistic. I'm, we have to do something, boom, no more. So I've become um, much more aligned with what I think and I, I, I articulate it in a much clearer way. So thank you for that, Corey, that's for sure. I'm tr I trust the universe more and more completely. That is essential yeah. to enter that zone of mm. peace and that ability to co-create with the universe in the way that you're already doing. Um, that is fantastic. And thank you for mentioning that definitely you were ready for growth. You were ready to take it to the next level when you came and you had made the decision to grow. You felt this was the container for you and you went with it. You gave it your all. Um, and that's what happened when one makes this decision of returning to her divine essence. Nothing can stop you then. And doors open up for you and the right people that will support you will show up for you. And it's a matter of continuous yes to your sacred essence. Yeah, basically it is. It's not yeah. a glossy path. It's not, you know, woohoo, whipsy daisy, it's going so well all the time. It's not. <laughs> Some things just don't work the way I want them to. And uh, things are maybe sometimes harder than I think they should be according to my belief. But I still have to learn and I, I have pitfalls. So I, I, I find myself falling in them once in a while. Uh, so I'm not perfect at all. And then secondly, yeah. yes, the, life is that even though we think the right things and we do the right things and we live from our heart, it's not always easy and that's part of life. So we have to accept that no matter which life path we choose, there will always be difficult 
situations or difficult phases in our lives. It's a question of how we respond to them. It's a question of how we look at them or integrate them, use them uh, in our life from here on and forward, right? Yeah, that's a key thing that you just mentioned. It's very important to remember that, yes, none of us is perfect. We all go through heavy, heavy times in our life sometimes that can test us big time. Um, but there we are, right? Showing up the best we can and doing the best we can to use that as an opportunity to grow even more, become yeah. stronger. And, and yeah. there we have to yeah. think not like men and not like we've been brought up to, like, I'm going to fight them. I'm going to, you know, uh, protest. Basically, this is also a question of trusting that if I insist on doing what my heart is saying, if I insist on 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 uh, acting authentically, things are going to change at some point. Um, so it's another way of looking at life, being in trust. Um, that's not the same as not doing anything. It's just a question of how you do. You can do in a masculine way and you could do in a feminine way, right? Yes, and the experience will exactly. be very different, exactly. I can imagine. Absolutely. Uh, so I'd like to ask you um, to share with us, what is the biggest block you have faced in your life recently and how how did you deal with it to go back to balance? Yeah. Uh, I think you'll know which one it is because I talked to you about it. Um, the biggest block I've been experiencing just recently is um, it's about my new book. I had to find a publisher. I sent it to one publisher. I knew her. Um, and she said, hey, sounds exciting. Then I never heard from her. And then the old good girl would have been, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm finished being the good girl. So I was like thinking, okay, so now who am I going to contact now? And then Destiny, the feminine, suddenly a, a publisher starts following me uh, on Insta. And I don't know that publisher, but I, you know, check it out. And I found out that's really a good one. So I sent her an email. I'm like, go. And then uh, she says, oh, interesting, Sven. You sent me the manuscript. At the same time, another publisher asks me to write a, a recommendation of a new book. And I can't do that because it's a guy writing. Uh, he's, he has written a book about the feminine and he has no clue about what it is. And he doesn't even like women. I know this guy. So it would be absurd for me you know, writing a testimonial about that. So she asked me, what are you doing at the moment? And uh, I'm like, okay, I'm writing. And she says, can I see your manuscript? So suddenly two publishers, they came to me in some funny way. I didn't actually find them myself. Um, and the short version of the long one is that I wanted publisher number two, but number three actually gave me the first offer. So I went back to number two, proactively and said, now you've got to go. I can't wait any longer. Um, so what do you choose? And the second publisher actually said, yay, I want you. Let's cooperate. So I actually had this um, situation where the divine helped me and I pushed it by doing, taking action, but in a really feminine way, instead of pushing things through, I was moving with the flow, right? And I actually had a dream about yes. that, that I was supposed to go fishing uh, 
in a pond three times and I had to throw the, the fishing line into the water three times in a very soft way. Not like the masculine. Not, yeah. Yes, I remember. So it kind of. So when I woke up, I was like, Amazing. "Whoa! I think I might have been fishing in the right way this time for once." Right. Okay. So what happened here is that you had this very clear dream that through the dream you were receiving information from your higher self, from your divine essence, and the divine greater mind that. There was a particular way in which you could do things that was going to lend the biggest yeah. results, that you could receive this collaboration with a publisher in a very gentle, feminine way, right? Like I remember you telling me about uh, throwing the fishing line into the water and that you understood that it had to be done gently. And that's how you were going to be able to, <laughs> to get what yeah, you and wanted, Yeah, and the challenge right? for me, you asked me what was my recent biggest challenge. The challenge was the stress. I forgot how to do that. So I was like, I have to make a plan. I was really stressed out. I was messed up and I forgot to have faith. I forgot the dream. And I even forgot that I could actually treat both publishers with respect and thankfulness because I'm deeply thankful for both of them. It, the other publisher was deeply dedicated and and I cannot thank her enough. I could treat them both with respect and still treat my heart and my mission with respect as well. And the challenge mm -hmm. back to that essence was really hard. Remembering it, right? Yes, yes. There was a, a need for you to center yourself back in your truth and remember what was the divine feminine way to deal with all of this rather than getting wrapped up in that old ego story of um of fighting or having to struggle with yeah you know, and feeling oh i'm i'm defeated this is a really bad situation now i'm a zero i'm a nobody i wrote Aww. that book for nothing nobody's gonna want to read it and you know, oh. <laughs> I felt so sorry for myself, feeling like a failure and nobody wanted me. And it's absurd because basically that's not the case, right? The book is not out. So maybe yeah. only three people will read it. We don't know yet. But the basic thing is right hmm. now at the moment, I know I've written that book for a purpose. And maybe the purpose is that three people should yes. read it. And those are the three right people. And maybe the purpose is that it should be read by three million people and those will be the three million right people. We don't know, but I have to trust the process. Yes, trusting the process and trusting whatever might come is meant to be. It's yeah. in divine mind, the perfect way for things to be. So the, uh, what I hear, uh, Bigita, is that you're telling us that you are at peace with having perhaps only three people read your book as much as you are at peace with any other number of people. My heart says, yes, I am. You know, my head, when it comes to the day that is coming out, trust me, my head will not be satisfied with three people. And I, I, I'm not an angel, <laughs> but I will, yes. be, I will be dealing with the fact much easier than I would have five years ago. Of course, because I, I get what you're saying. Your ego mind would be like, what are you talking yeah. about? Three people? My head is thinking big. And take it easy. That's not essence. That's not purpose. 
Yeah. That's ego. Mm-hmm. Your heart knows that there is this element of trust in divine mind and what is going to happen. Um, we know that it's going to be the way it needs to be. And the number of people do not really matter at the end is who needs to read your book, who needs to receive the messages that are coming through you. Those people will be the ones reading the book. Um, and your yeah. heart knows that. Just mm-hmm. having the consciousness <laughs> of this split inside actually helps because it makes it a, a, a bit easier to deal with than if we don't know and we just get, f- sorry, pardon my language, fucked up, right? Then it becomes one big sorrow, yeah. hurtful condition. But at least when you're conscious of the mind egos or the mind and the and the heart split, you can at least know who is talking mm-hmm. to whom, right? Exactly. You know who is who in this story. Um, so um, I want to ask you, Bigita, I want to ask you to play with us for a moment. Um, I want you to fill in the blank. Okay, so I'll say a piece of the sentence and you're going to complete it in whichever way feels right for you. Okay, so I want you to tell me this. I'd love to see Bhutan before I stop, before I quit flying. I'd love to see and live the Bhutan way for a while, just having more experience in the holistic way of living. They actually have a way of living that's really balanced. Uh, so besides going to Cusco for a second time, I'd love to go to Bhutan. Tell me a little bit more about that. Where <laughs> Where is that coming I don't from, know. that desire? You'd I think love I got this urge as the same Why? way I had this urge to go to you. You yeah. want to come to Cusco? Again. Yeah, this time with a bunch Yay. of women, Yay. right? So I have this plan that you and I should do something together. Bigita is talking about creating a retreat for yep. women, correct? So this yeah, is something that's in the, in the works. works. And it's got to do with feminine leadership. So uh, that's going to be the essence together with your wonderful spiritual knowledge, heart essence and connection. We'll let you know when Bigita is ready to invite women to this awesome retreat. Uh, you will be the first ones to know. I will be emailing our community. You just need to go to alturasspiritualjourneys.com and you can um, sign up to receive a gift that I have for you uh, on the main page of the website. It's called the release ceremony. And by doing that, you're automatically in uh, my community and I can email you news and information and inspirational um, stuff. So you will get to know about this when the time is right. Yeah. Uh, Bigita, what is the best advice you would want to give to the women listening so that they mm-hmm. overcome their own tendency to be maybe too much in the masculine struggle and overwhelm and trying to fight life conditions? What would be your advice My for them? My advice would be to believe and remember that you're not alone. A lot of women worldwide are experiencing exactly the same feeling of homelessness, of longing, the need of connection, uh, a deeper wish of doing something purposeful, not only earning money, but something way deeper than that, something beyond 
that. So meaningful, purposeful, something that's good for the world. You're not going nuts. You're not crazy. You are probably the most sane state of mind, but you have to connect to that feeling and you have to connect to that longing and you have to know that you're not alone because a lot of women are with you. Try to find these women and you have to connect to this, these women through you or other uh, communities because there are so many communities with women gathering. You can even start your own community. Believe that you are the change and believe that what you're feeling is authentic and right. Yes, that's a beautiful message, Bigita. Thank you. Because I know that many women out there are feeling defeated and are feeling they're going through a struggle. And it's important for them to know that they're not alone, that it's important to create community and to honor what they're going through, honor their feelings and their life experience as it is. Is there anything else you'd like to add that you feel our audience needs to hear? One thing talking about the women experiencing the longing and the sadness and the homelessness somehow, even though they have these apparently happy lives. At the other end of the scale, there are these women totally becoming stone. They become probably even harder or more masculine than the men. Ah. They lose connection totally to their bodies. So they are all head, all mind. And they don't have yes. the connection to their pain and to their homelessness. And that's another way of responding to the essential pain and to the paradigm that we need to shift now. So luckily, we have women being happy as well. Woo! I'm grateful for every happy woman in this world. That's just wonderful. But at the other end of the scale, we have these women. If you meet them, don't be frightened of them. Try to see yourself in them. Because it's the same hurt, it's the same longing, but there's a the fear so strong that they cannot connect to it. So instead of being afraid, embrace them. So um, that's what you're saying is embrace your sister. Mm. Don't be afraid of their shadows or their suffering and darkness that they might be carrying in them. But actually be compassionate to them and be able to see yourself in them, right? Because... At the end of the day, we are one. At the end of the day, we are one soul, one yeah. divine essence. Yeah. Thank you so much, Vigita. It's been so wonderful to have this conversation with you. Thank you for all you have contributed today. And uh, my desire is that um, every person, every woman that has listened to this call can learn something, can use opportunity to reawaken their divine essence. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> You're welcome. Such a pleasure, Bigita. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the link that you need to access the free bonus, golden notes, and inspired action of the Divine Woman interviews. AlturasSpiritualJourneys.com forward slash essence. When you sign up, you will also receive some other really helpful future resources as well. This has been Korianka. Thanks for listening to this interview series and Divine Essence podcast. Well, have a beautiful day. Thanks we'll a lot. Go. Keep in touch. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Vigita. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a pleasure to be here with you.